I love coming to your church. I really do. You know, I like I get to travel around a lot of our churches, and uh, and it's a privilege to do that. And uh, you know, it's but this, this this is a special place. Now, I just love the presence of God here. You know, I don't take that for granted. You know, I just I just think you you create in your worship something that's that's very special. And I'm very thankful for the opportunity to be here to share it with you. Because you go to some churches and they may have a lot of things happening, but intimacy with God is something you can't just foster. It's there by the hearts of the people that engage. And, and uh, you know, I feel that here again this morning. I just feel overwhelmed at that, in a sense of the worship that's here and the, 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 the sincerity of worship that's going on. So. Keep that up, you know, keep that fresh and, and that, that, that vibrant because it's so, so important. Because um, some churches I, I, I minister with and go to, that it's, um, you know, they may have other streets, but, but worship is something that I find, uh, it doesn't matter if there's only two or three of you, you know, great worship time together. And so, um, yeah, it's a privilege to be here with you. So as it says, it says there, following you is not what your eyes see. Uh, I want to talk a bit about spiritual insight this morning because uh, we, we perceive not just with the natural eyes. That's what I was saying about worship as well. There's something about what we perceive in the spirit that is so critical to the life of the church. And it's, it's something that is, is beyond what can be often uh, tangibly said or done. And it's got absolutely nothing to do with, with size, for instance. The, one of the key statements that I've put up here is, is the health of the tree should not be measured by the girth of its trunk, but by the fruit that it bears. That's a picture of a, of, a, of a friend of mine's lemon tree, which is not much taller than probably the height of these, these speakers, but it's always loaded with lemons. You know, sometimes we try to measure significance of churches, for instance, by the numbers of people that are sitting there in the congregation. You can have a big tree which is bearing not much fruit, or you can have a small tree that's bearing a lot of fruit. And you know, I just want to encourage you this morning that Macclesfield Church has never been a big church, but it's been a very faithful and fruitful church. And I'm very thankful for the story that you talked a bit about about the, the roots that it came to be here, from its, its beginnings in the Uniting Church to now this congregation has been going for five years. Uh, it's not the way you anticipate things sometimes to happen, but they unfold in the, in, in the way that God is in control. And, you know, we don't see things with natural eyes. We see things with the eyes of the Spirit. And this morning I want to encourage you to open your eyes to what God is doing amongst you, and what would the next five years look like? The next seven years, or even 20, as we just heard before. I was trying to work out how old would you be in 20 years' time. <laughs> but I won't, I'll let... Huh? <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm just very aware that in 20 years' time, where I'll be, I'd love to be here in 20 years' time with you. Please invite me if I... If God still allows me to be around. Um, I'll be getting close... To a pretty significant milestone, by the way. A letter from the Queen might, or King might be coming. Who knows? Might be Queen by then again, too. Don't think so. Be kings for a while. Anyway, five years on, you know, my, um, um, my grandkids, some of them, 
have just turned five this last year. And they're very excited because, of course, it means now they can go to school and they're stepping into that next season of their life. And I, as I was reflecting on this, I was re <coughs> one of the challenges of, of kids going to school, of course, is that they learn to become more independent and learn to stand on their own feet and negotiate their world uh, through their own eyes rather than just their parents' eyes. And that's, of course, the challenge of raising the children right through. Uh, into, their, into their teenage years and so on, but five is an important milestone. And it is in the life of a church too, I think. It is a chance for you to really step up and to open your eyes up and start to see things for yourselves as a congregation and as individuals. So I want to talk at two levels this morning. One is the level of how it works for you in your own world and life, but the other is in terms of you as a church together. To open your eyes to all that is the potential of what God has, to look beyond and live beyond what is the obvious. So um, let me put up a, a verse here that just reminds us of, of this. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and it's written in the first part of the verse, No eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor mind conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. You're loved by God. There's a great God who's working on your behalf and He has things in store for you individually and for you corporately that are yet to be revealed. And you know, as you step into the next years and as uh, uh, you know, God leads you forward, this has been a big last year for you. Obviously with, with Daryl's passing, it's been uh, filled with sadness at one level, but it's also meant the challenge of saying, okay, now what are we here for? We're just here because Daryl? Or are we here because of the Lord? And you know, you're here because of Him. And for as much as we honour and respect and appreciate all that Daryl gave birth to, it's now the challenge for you to grow in, into that next season as you move beyond five years and into a place where you start to live in that sense in your own maturity, in your own development, in your own growth, in your own uh, uh, perceptions as a church together. I've got no idea how big this church will grow, neither do you. But we measure it by its fruit and not by necessarily its size. And I think it's very important to remember that. I love coming to some of our smallest congregations. I was in a church at Lock on, on Air Peninsula, you know, and there was just a handful of farmers from around the district that came together there. And it was a privilege to be with them. Not, I don't think Lock's going to turn into a a major centre of revival in Australia. I don't think so. I think it will be a very faithful community of people who meet together and love God and who grow in Him together. And you know, it may grow bigger than it has, but we don't measure necessarily by the size of the girth, but by the fruit that's there. And in that little congregation was lots of fruit and stories of God working and moving. And we've heard some of those stories again here this morning. There's amazing things that God is doing. And, in the, and the bottom line is that it all reduces down to individual lives, what God is doing in your life and my life. And we sometimes start to think in terms of corporate expression, but it's the individual expression that's just so important. What's God's doing in your life and my life? And for us to open our eyes up to the work of the Holy Spirit that's going on all the time. And I have the privilege of being on our credentialing team that uh, interviews people who are going to become pastors. And Brent probably remember coming to that man um, as they came into that group. 
And this week we just had a meeting with, with uh, potential new candidates who are going to move towards becoming pastors. And uh, for some of them they're very young, um, but the stories of what God's doing in people's lives was just profound. You know, there's this one girl, I'll just tell you one story. Uh, um, she, she, she's been a Christian now since uh, 2018 or 19, so not that long, but came from a totally pagan occult background. I mean, literally, you know, very strongly raised in New Age thinking and lifestyles, where the demonic was, was the real reality she'd experienced. She had her arms covered in tats that were, were with demonic entities on it and so on. And she'd reached a point of absolute desperation in her life as a, as a uh, she was probably about 20 there, and, um, and was in a, in a caravan at the back of Murray Bridge by herself with no power, no water, no, no uh, gas, nothing, just desperately calling out to the power of the universe as she knew it, because she thought she was going to do herself in. She tried numbers of times uh, and had patterns of self-abuse and so on, and was uh, just reached such a low point. And as she's calling out to the uh, power of the universe, as she described it, Jesus showed up and put his arms around her and held her in a way that she said was the way she loves to be held and whole held tight by people. And that God, she said, Jesus just knew exactly how to hold me. I just felt so secure in him. And her life was turned around like that. She never knew anything but knew it was Jesus. And, and came out of the, of the caravans and went and spoke to her father who was down the road and said, hey, I'm just with Jesus, who he was also into this sort of whole background, couldn't handle what she was saying. But, and said, do you have a Bible? He said, I don't believe that stuff. You know, she ended up getting a Bible from somewhere and devoured it for the next um, uh, four months and just read it continually and read it through many, many times. She said, God just spoke to her continually. Still didn't really know much about church. Anyway, eventually went to the Murray Bridge congregation and somehow got there and has now gone on a journey towards now becoming a pastor. And when you hear those stories, you think, wow, the transforming power of the gospel. It's got nothing to do with the sign of that church or the ministries. It's Holy Spirit ministering and talking to people individually. And in the end, we all get saved one person at a time. And the privilege that you have to bring somebody else to Christ and to be part of that journey or to create an environment where they can come and hear and sense God is so beautiful. Such a privilege. No eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor mind conceived what God has in fact in store for us. There's so much of our reality that's beyond what we can see. Some things cannot be perceived, they can only be conceived. Uh, some things cannot be deduced, they can only be imagined. Some things cannot be learned, they can only be revealed. There's a dimension to life that's beyond what is the obvious. There is a dimension to life that is the Spirit. And that's what this church is committed to, is to bring the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit into people's lives. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the last part of that verse that we read just a moment ago, it says, But God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. 
The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. There's so much depth in the things of God. There's so much more for us to discover. These next years as your church continues to mature and develop, those things that you will discover and find can take you on an amazing journey of growth and fruitfulness. And I'm praying that for you, individually and as a church, that you'll grow in that sense of that, that sixth sense of, of the Holy Spirit, that other dimension where he takes us on a journey of, of discovery. As, as Jesus said, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, will come. The Father will send him, and he will teach you all things, and he will remind you of everything I've said to you. There's a Holy Spirit that's alive in your life and mine, that's going to cause us to still discover so much more in the years that lie ahead. I'm, you know, I've been a Christian for a better part of my life, a pastor for a long time, but I love the way that I still discover continually fresh things in the Holy Ghost. Because that's his nature, is that he will continue to reveal and show us things that we've not yet seen. Our world is all about seeing and then believing. If you can't show it to me, but in the Christian faith, believing is actually seen. And things begin in the realm of the Spirit. And this morning, the Holy Spirit is here with us to reveal and show things fresh to us. And I encourage you to open up to all that is the presence of God in your life today and into the times ahead as we just see what He's going to do. And exciting things that are before us. And there was a great story that was told of the Roman centurion that came before Jesus. His, uh, his servant back home paralyzed and in desperate state, a lot of pain. And uh, he says to Jesus those great words, You just speak the word, Jesus, and my servant will be healed. Because Jesus said, I'll come to your house. He said, you don't have to come, just speak the word. The word is enough, just declare it. And Jesus looked at the guy and spoke to the people around him and said, I haven't seen faith like this anywhere. <laughs> this guy believes because he understands that believing is seeing. And he said, I speak the word to my soldiers and they do what, they, what, I, what I tell them to do. You speak the word, Lord, and it will happen. Jesus spoke the word. And it says this. And then Jesus said to the centurion, Go on your way. And even as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that very hour. What are you believing for? For the next years ahead. What are, what are, what's, what's in your heart for what, what lies ahead for this congregation and for your life personally? Open up to the sixth sense of the Holy Spirit's leading and guiding because he's got a lot more in store for you as you believe so it will be. Einstein was known for his intellect and he said this amazing statement. He said there are only two ways you can live your life. One is, one is, is, is as if nothing is a miracle. The other is as if everything is a miracle. It's, it's a matter of our perspective. And can we see the supernatural at work through us? Can we believe from signs and wonders to accompany our lives? 
The, the book of, of Mark, the Gospel of Mark, finishes off with these words. And as they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. And then it says, Amen. That was the end. You know, what's ahead for you? May signs and wonders flow through your life and through this church and into the people around about you. May those stories of transformed lives, like I gave you a story from a girl in Murray Bridge, be the story of many here in this community. You talked about people that were on the Macclesfield chat, and I think this region is known as a pretty new age sort of area where people don't think or want to experience the presence and reality of Jesus. But you're here declaring it week by week. May there be others that are drawn in by the power of the Holy Spirit, because you and I can't change us all, but He can. And Lord, just touch this church and touch its future. Touch the lives of those that we meet and interact with. And may they be drawn to you even as we have been drawn to you. And may signs follow. May supernatural things happen from this bunch of disciples as they move into their world. Amen. 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 When you talk to people about you know, who would you think is a, is a very godly person, who's the most godly people you know, you know? Or if you were to put us. Uh, 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 a, a continuum between the most holy person that you, you've heard about and, and the worst. You know, you'd put Hitler down there probably, and they'd probably put Mother Teresa or someone like that up there. She was an amazing lady, Mother Teresa, and uh, I was reflecting on, on us here this morning and her story. Um, I don't know if you knew that her name is actually this. She was a, a Romanian uh, missionary. Uh, called that. <laughs> and then she came before her authorities, the authorities for her credential interview, if you like, and, uh, and uh, they said, What do you want to do? She says, I want to serve the Lord. And they said, Well, what have you got? And she said, I've got three pennies. And uh, I've got uh, a dream from God. And they said, they, the authorities said to her, Well, with three pennies, what, what do you think you can do? You can't do anything. She says, I know, but with God and three pennies, I can do anything. It's a great, great statement. With God and three pennies of your life, so much can still yet be achieved. Believe for it. You know, she was asked later on, you know, how how did she, what would she say to anybody just in terms of how they live their lives? And she just said this. Go and find your own Calcutta. And as she went to Calcutta because the Holy Spirit drew her there and things unfolded with her three pennies, you know, and a great God. And into your Macclesfield, into your world, into your community, into Stratton, wherever you come from. Red Hill. Red Hill, is it? Bell Hill. Hill. I knew it was something Hill. <laughs> Through these hills regions where we live wherever we are from. Find your Calcutta. Find your place. Find where God has planted you. And could these years ahead still be productive and fruitful? You bet they can. Why? Because there's a great Holy Spirit that's at work to touch our lives and to transform the the purpose of this church being birthed. I'm so thankful. You know, we meet in a church that meets rarely from what I gather here the people who built it. It wasn't built just to be filled once a month. 
Uh, you know, there's another lovely little Anglican church up near me, just on the outskirts of Little Hands. I meet there once a month at 8.30 in the morning. How often do I meet here? Once a month. Once a month. Probably the same group. Huh? It probably is the same parish, yeah. But hey, the church actually meets here every week. Because you're here. May God cause many other rebirths of churches like that. It may not be owned by you, but it's owned by the Holy Spirit. And it's a great place for God to meet with you week by week. And God bless you for your faithfulness as you come. But also for those who will join you. And we want to believe for others to come to know Christ. And that there will be much fruit that will flow out of this place. It may not be a huge tree, but it can produce a lot of fruit. That little lemon tree, man, it's been productive over the years. And it's uh, given fruit and blessed many, many people. Find your Calcutta. Get your feet wet. I love the story as they entered the promised land. Uh, it, nothing happened until they finally set their feet into the Jordan. And as they put their feet in the priests, imagine being that priest. You know, the pressure that would be on them. <laughs> To, to just, you know, Moses has got the revelation from God, he has got the revelation from Moses. You know, and they do now what Moses told them, and off they go, put their feet into the water, and bang, it happens. And as they stand in the water, all the millions of people that were there walked across. And the miracle wasn't just that the water split, but that it was solid enough for millions of people to walk across. There were a whole range of miracles that were happening. There was a supernatural story. But it speaks to us about us getting our feet wet. Us putting ourselves into a position where we move. And as their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. And as, the, as you step out, what can happen? The burning bush was an amazing point for, for Moses to be confronted by the presence and power of God. He took his feet off because he realised he was, took his shoes off his feet because he realised he was on holy ground. I read this poem uh, recently and I just love the way um, this, this poet from the Victorian era wrote this and I just want to read it to you. Earth's crammed with heaven. And every common bush a fire with God. But only he who sees takes off his shoes. The rest of the are like blackberries. <laughs> you know, that tree, in this case, the story was just a black, just growing blackberries, but somebody else saw it as holy ground and saw God in the midst of it. God is everywhere. The earth is charged with the glory of God. It's there for us to experience Him this week. Remember to take your shoes off. Step into the river. Step into the flow of God. And just believe for things to happen that are miraculous. <coughs> we totally underestimate the power available to us as conduits of Christ. But once in a while, God gives us a glimpse. Presence and power of God is working through your life and mine. And I pray that you'll get many glimpses of that in the days that I hear. Indicators that show that God is at work in your midst, in your life, in the lives of this congregation. 
Father God, break those chains open. See some things happen by the power of the Holy Spirit. I want you to put yourself in the picture. <laughs> On this picture, you can put your photo there. And then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way as you have believed, so let it be done for you. As you have believed. Can we believe this morning, fresh, for this anniversary season, of what the next year's might look like? You've lived maybe for the first five years in the care and protection of mum and dad. Stop. Um, you know, the mother and father of the house. The father's not there anymore. The mother's still here faithfully, doing everything. <laughs> but you're going into a new season, maturity, developing into greater independence, a greater sense of discovering your own direction, a season of learning, all that school represents, all that that world that my grandkids are now starting to be overwhelmed by. But it's maturing and developing them. It's creating for them an awareness of much more. And for you, there's so much more. That sixth sense, the presence of the Holy Spirit that's with you and with me, that causes every day to be adventure. That causes us to see uh, the presence of God all around about us. We see as we take off our shoes and and we step into the river and step into the waters and, and see it part, see miracles happen. Lord, let that be for this congregation in Jesus' name. Let it be for each of you sitting here this morning. I'd love to pray for you. Could I do that right now? Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for living word. Thank you for that anthem of song that they sang and talked about the living word this morning. And for all those other wonderful testimonies and songs we sang and praised you with that are reflections of where our hearts are at. We thank you so much for what you've done across the last five years. But Lord, we set our eyes now to see what lies ahead. We cause ourselves to look beyond what we see with the natural and to see, Lord, what can only be perceived in the spirit. We look and live beyond the obvious. We open our eyes to that which is the presence and power of God in us and with us. And Lord, let signs and wonders, wonders accompany uh, each of us as we see amazing things occur in the days of I had. Lord, let people come to know you. Give us the boldness and the capacity to share with our friends and with our neighbours and supernaturally let things happen. That cause people, even in their isolation, in their own caravans, wherever they might be, to, to suddenly be confronted by who Jesus is, surrounded by your presence and power. May they be drawn to a church like this and come into our midst and discover pathways that will lead them on in you. Lord, we believe for that together. We want to see that together as a church. I pray for each individual that's here that that sixth sense would grow in them of you, Holy Spirit leading and guiding them. That they would see much fruit come, not because of what they can do in their own strength, but that which they do because the presence and power of God is with them. May they believe and see in Jesus' name. Lord, let them see supernaturally things happen. No eyes have seen or ears heard or minds can see what you've got in store for us. 
Come, Holy Spirit, reveal it to us by your Spirit. Show us the deep things of God. Let us go deeper than we've ever done before. We pray that in Jesus' name. Bless this church. Bless each individual that's in it. We thank you for five years that have gone by. For the fruit that's there on the tree. But Lord, let there be even more. May it be laden heavy with fruit in the days that lie ahead. May we each experience that individually and corporately together. We pray that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Let me finish off with this one last verse up there. Um, uh, your eyes are windows into your body. If you open your eyes wide in wonder and belief, your body fills up with light. If you live squinty-eyed in greed and distrust, your body's a dank cellar. If you pull the blinds on your windows, what a dark life you will have. That's the way the Message Bible puts that verse. But it's saying that, let the light in. Let the presence and power of God come into your worlds and lives afresh. I pray that in Jesus' name. Now I'd love to just give a few scriptures to people because I love doing that.